Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your favorite weekly podcast recapping everything from double crossing, body switching, self sacrifice, horrible accents, all the good stuff that's happening with the mystical folks in Mystic Falls, Virginia. My name is Beth, and I'm joined as always by my esteemed co-host Claire and we're excited to bring you season two episode 17 know thy enemy know thy enemy no in it (laughs) it's a very dramatic title for a very dramatic episode right and there are many enemies in this episode the first of whom we see right off the bat um we remember that we left at last episode with isabel arriving at aunt jenna's door Mm -hmm. um so we open the door again and see isabel jenna's looking all shocked elena's like what the fuck and isabel is like oh hello elena it's so nice to see you again and then again yeah so aunt jenna is shook to say the least she's like you knew elena you knew that isabel was alive this whole time so poor aunt jenna in this scene and (laughs) isabel is like oh hi jenna you're the woman who's dating my husband right i'd love to come in and chat (laughs) oh my god she just really knows how to make an entrance. Right. Or a non-entrance because Elena's like, Jenna, don't invite her in because she's a vampire and all of those rules. But because it's Aunt Jenna, Elena doesn't tell her why she shouldn't let her in. She just slams the door. And I think the opening credits happen at some point here, but basically Aunt Jenna stares at Elena and is like, holy shit, you and Alaric both knew. Everybody betray me. I fed up with this world. (laughs) Oh my god, that was a perfect um, accent or whatever. Good work. I'm fed up with this world. Eat your heart out, James Franco. Ugh. That one. Rip your heart out and die. Haha. Too soon for that. So, Aunt Jenna basically decides that she can't stick around when there are so many lying liars all about her. So she's going to shirk her duties as guardian of these children (laughs) and is going back to campus to work on her thesis. Also, like, I don't think that campus housing works. Like, you could just go live there when you fight with your boyfriend. Yeah, and Airbnb wasn't a thing back then either. It wasn't. Where's Aunt Jenna? Hashtag find Aunt Jenna. She's sleeping on a bench in the quad. Uh, yeah, poor Aunt Jenna. I feel really bad for her. She was like crying behind the bedroom door. She looked really cute. She was like clutching her chest because she was so beside herself. Yeah. I think I actually got ahead of us a little bit. I was just so excited to make a room reference. <laughs> Sorry, I should say the room because room is an entirely different movie. Right. <laughs> a good movie. Unlike the room. So I think what happens first is we check in with the Salvatores who are hey, like coming down the stairs at their house. And I noticed for the first time that there's like a Persian rug just mounted on the wall as though it's a painting. Oh, I missed that. But I did think that this part of the house looked new. I think that Vicky stood up there at one point while Elena stood down below and said, how are you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I remember that. But yeah, I never noticed the rug before. It looks very much like my cute Persian rug coasters. Oh, I love the cute Persian rug coasters. They're the cutest. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I just thought it was strange they had this rug on the wall and I never noticed it before. 
but they're talking about how Isabel just showed up on the doorstep and everybody's like, fuck. And so Catherine is also there and she's wearing this like camisole, but it clearly has some kind of like underwire or bustier like support because <laughs> her boobs are like really squished up. Yeah. It was very apparent. I'm not normally paying that much attention to people's boobs. I noticed that, and I noticed that in this episode, I think Elena was wearing, like, a regular camisole with her bra strap showing underneath, which Mm -hmm. used to be the style in the early 2000s. I feel like I might have already told this story at some point, but in middle school, on the bus, I got my boobs early, and I got a strapless bra. (laughs) Which was passed down. For, this is a really weird story. <laughs> no, like, tell the tell our fellow <laughs> listeners. So spaghetti strap tanks were the thing, right? And I had too many boobs to do that, okay. or to wear a spaghetti strap thing. I didn't like the idea of having bra straps visible. I thought that looked tacky for some reason. Because so, it does, I guess. I have lower standards now for myself, <laughs> but. <laughs> My mom gave me the bra that she wore with her wedding dress. Oh, that's really nice. It's like a fancy, like, white strapless bra. And I would wear that underneath my spaghetti strap uh, tank tops. And my friend told me that she had overheard one of the mean girls saying, Oh my God, did you see Claire? It looked like she wasn't wearing a bra. (gasps) Rude. And they told her, Well, that's the point. It's strapless. Uh, Good. Anyway, the Vampire Diaries. Uh, Catherine has a very nicely sized set of breasts that she's really displaying in this episode. Good for her. More power to her. Uh, But she tells Stefan and Damon that she thinks it's best if they don't tell Isabel that she's there because it might get back to, you know, Klaus that she stayed, even though I think last time we talked about this, she said that, or no, it was Uncle John who wanted her to stay. I can't keep track of anything. But... She says, the less people know that I'm here, the safer, or whatever. And I'm just like, excuse me, Catherine. The fewer people, not the less. <laughs> That's my big grammar pet peeve. I can never keep that one straight. Less is when it's an undefined amount. Fewer is when it's a specific number. I already forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I could care fewer. Oh, shit. You just burned me. <laughs> I did. Okay, I'm going to shut up now. Sick grammar burns from Beth K. Beth K. <laughs> you can't even say your own name. I'm like trying not to say it on air. Beth Klauskas. <laughs> even though I have said it like 400 times, I don't know why I'm drawing the line tonight. <laughs> and by drawing, I mean drawing. Oh, we're doing a good job this week. <laughs> yes. So their like tentative plan is that they'll keep it under wraps that Catherine's still in town because then she can potentially impersonate Elena to like save people's lives again like last week. Oh right, good point. And then Stefan and Damon have a quick aside, and um, Stefan's like, "Hey, uh, should you call Rick and tell him that his wife is here?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'm glad somebody thought of him. Wait, who said it, Stefan or Damon? I think Stefan said it to Damon. Oh, but that's so weird. Damon would usually be thinking about Alaric all the time. You're right, but it could have been Damon to Stefan. They I like right, were though. not distinct from one another in this episode yeah, at all. Yeah, they that's were a like point. moving as one attractive blob throughout the episode. And they're like not getting in each other's faces about Elena anymore. Like they're at DEFCON, whatever the one that means it serious is. 
and <laughs> all they care about is protecting Elena. So Stefan doesn't even have time to be jealous when Elena is showing attention to Damon, no. which is nice for a change. Yeah, they're just old buddy old pals drinking whiskeys over at the Salvatore boarding house. Yeah. I guess in chaos you find peace. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> you can stitch that on a pillow. <laughs> So <laughs> I think this is when we go to Aunt Jenna abandoning her children. Yes, right. So we pop over to Aunt Jenna slash Elena's house, and Rick has arrived, presumably because one of the Salvatore brothers has called him. Um, and he's like, Jenna, listen, I can only imagine all of the feelings that you feel right now. I'm like, Rick, don't give her some customer service line. Like, this is your girlfriend. You got to do better. And you fucked up. Yeah, he done fucked up. And Aunt Jenna's like, oh, you don't know how I feel? All the rage and betrayal. And then Alaric's like, we have to fix this, Elena. And we both (laughs) looked at each other and were like, what the actual fuck? Like, Elena has nothing to do with this. Yeah, take care of your own dirty work, Alaric. So he's he and Elena are both kind of spouting really vague things like we just we can explain like don't leave I'm like just say Isabel's a vampire that'll get her attention and then you can sit her down and have a talk right but yeah they won't actually say anything real so she's like I'm gonna go work on my thesis and screw all of you I no longer want to guard your life as I am legally obligated peace out. Say, yeah. say hi to Jeremy for me. It's just clear that none of the writers for this show understand how college works, <laughs> right? She's like, I'm going to go move in so I could work on my thesis. And like, where has this thesis been all this time? Yeah. And then, like, the Isabel's the research is, like, in a box. Yeah. And, like, that's how that lives. Oh, boy. Uh, and graduate assistants have crossbows. <laughs> But Aunt Jenna does leave the parting advice that Elena has to go to um, the Lockwood Luncheon to pick up a check for Elena's dead mother's charity or some shit. Yeah, they've like formed a charity in her name that's somehow related to the Historical Society. Ah, uh, yeah, and I think it's also a scholarship. Yeah. Right. Cool. And so the minute Jenna is out the door, suddenly Uncle John Gilbert emerges from the shadows and is like, wow, you really fucked that up, Alaric. Like, maybe if you'd been a little more honest or terrible, blah, blah. And then Alaric just fucking punches him in the face, and it's so satisfying. Uh, it was. I've been waiting for that to happen. Also, mm-hmm. what is Uncle John just doing milling about that fucking house? It's so weird. And he is always just, like, popping out really dramatically to say super judgmental things. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? A real housewife? I- Right, he I never watched The Real Housewives, but I imagine it to be Uncle John Gilbert, like six of them. That's pretty much it. Like, they just exist to be catty, and they set up drama so that people fight with one another, so it's pretty much Uncle John. Yeah. I'm glad that I so accurately envisioned that show. Perfect. Or those shows. Yeah, there's so many of them. They're my secret pleasure. <laughs> so... After punching John very hard in the face, Alaric is like, sorry, Elena. And he just walks out. Like, why are you apologizing to Elena? You think she fucking cares? I know. And it shows, like, how much she hates him that she really doesn't seem concerned for him at all. Because she'll hug anybody in any situation. Right. She would hug Klaus right now if he, like, (laughs) smiled at a butterfly. She'd be like, oh, thank you so much for coming. (laughs) Still the best (laughs) moment in this whole series. Oh, my God, Elena. So she turns to Uncle John and is like, you know this is all your fault, right? And you had that coming. 
And Truth he's just song. like, I have blood on my face and egg. <laughs> then we check in on our heroine, Caroline. Yes. Um, so she's just looking for Matt. Mm-hmm. So if we remember last episode, she told Matt that she was a vampire and he started freaking out and blaming her for Vicky's death and just being scared of her in general. Yeah. And she said, who is she talking to in this scene? <sighs> I forget. It might have been Stefan. I feel like she was palling around with Damon in this episode, actually. Yeah, it was one of the It was some man. Yeah. <laughs> we it was, have a, it was a white male. Blindness. Who really cares which one? But she's basically like, you know, my mom showed up like right after I told him I was a vampire and he ran out. I haven't been able to find him. Like he's loose with all the deets and we need to track him down. I know he has a catering shift at the Lockwoods today. Excuse me. <laughs> Thank you. He just, he's not so pathetic that he's going to cater a lunch at his best friend's house. No. Like they would pay him to attend the party instead of catering to save face for him and also for Tyler for being friends with a poor person. I, I feel like Carol would not want people to know that. She wouldn't. Do we not remember how she treated Vicky? Yeah. She called her garbage when Tyler tried to bring her to the house. Yeah. And Matt's a Donovan, so it's like the same family. That's extra fucked up because like Matt and Tyler have been friends forever, so he's probably at that house all the time. Yeah. But because Vicky is a loose female, ugh, Carol Lockwood. She the worst. She's a piece of work. Uh, so, yeah, Caroline's very concerned. Yeah, and I think she was talking about how she had been slipping Matt Vervain at his shifts at the grill to kind oh, of, yeah. like, keep him... She said she put it in his soda. Yeah, but, like, what, what I couldn't wrap my mind around is, like, why is she feeding him Vervain? So that he can't get compelled or attacked by another vampire. Why would he... Well, because there's vampires coming out the bushes, the hedges. I guess. I don't know. Maybe to, like, protect themselves or something? Yeah. Well, I feel like she also might have done it so that she wouldn't drink from him again. Oh, true. But I feel like, why would you put it in his soda instead of giving him a cuff or whatever? (laughs) Because what if you don't see him one day? Like, what if... You know, you're kidnapped by werewolves again. Well, that's exactly what's happening here. Is that she's like, I had been putting it in his or in his soda at the grill, but I can't find him now, so we're screwed. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to last night because Dr. Jonas Martin, R.I.P., was setting the bar <laughs> on fire. Was a little preoccupied, and she didn't remember to do it before her dramatic karaoke love confession. Oh, one shining moment. So, mostly everybody else in this episode doesn't really care about this Matt thread, because they have so many other things on their minds, so Caroline's really the only one who's, like, on it. Right, yeah. She's she's keeping Matt in line, kind of, trying. And then we go back over to Elena's house. This is where Uncle John is like, Elena, please come downstairs. I have to show you something. Oh, right, because her and Stefan are hanging out in her room. Yeah. And Uncle John's like, Stefan, you can come too. And it's super awkward because it's like, why can't he say what he has to say while they're upstairs? Um, but he leads them downstairs and Isabel's just sitting in the living room like she owns the place. Mm-hmm. And Elena's like, 
are you fucking kidding me? You invited her into my home? It's like, why does he have legal right to invite anybody into that home? Wasn't it, like, a thing a week or two ago that it had to, like, be the person on the deed or something? Yes, and they, like, make that up later in the episode, too. So I don't understand how Uncle John has all this power and still why he's here in the first place. Yeah. So Isabel's now invited in. She wants to say her piece about what's going on with Klaus, and she claims that ever since she was last in the sick fall, she's been looking for Klaus, and she finally reached a witch in his inner circle. And apparently Klaus has been hearing rumblings that there's a doppelganger out there. So all the vampires who want to suck up to Klaus now are going to try to get Elena. And she has found a safe house where Elena can stay for now. Yes, because she has the deed in Elena's name. Oh, right. Yes. I don't know how she did that because it still had a, like, foreclosed sign outside of it when we see it later. (laughs) I know. So much with real estate in this episode that probably doesn't make sense. Right, and what's weird here, too, is that Isabel says that John killed all of the tomb vampires, too, right? Right, like, (laughs) well, because Elena makes the point, like, why should I believe that you want to help me right now? Last time you were here, you were clear that you couldn't give a shit, but John is like, she's actually been helping the whole time. We knew that if the tomb vampires were allowed to live, one of them would tell Klaus about you. And then you right. die. And that's why we had to kill all of them and also probably your boyfriends. Yeah. I call bullshit on that. I know. He was just being an asshole. But, hey, that's another story for another day. Right. So Isabel's insisting that she's there to help and that she knows all the, like, important information. But Elena's not having it, luckily, and she's just like, listen, all of you get the hell out of my house. Yeah. And Stefan's standing really weirdly in this scene. He, like, has his legs kind of spread wide and his hands on his hips and, like, sort of leaning forward and saying things like... What was the one thing he said really weird? I don't remember. I don't remember. It was really weird, though. But he seems also like a real housewife in this scene. <laughs> he's He has a very judgmental stance. Yeah, he's like... What do you think you're talking about, Isabel? I don't know. That's not a line, but... (laughs) It's the general gist of what he's trying to say. And so, yeah, Elena's like, get the hell out of my house. And I was thinking about the way that Invitations into Houses works on other vampire shows, because Uh at least on two other shows, it is possible to revoke somebody's invitation. So on Buffy, when Angel turned evil, so at one point, Buffy and Angel have sex and it turns Angel evil. Oh, okay. (laughs) And so she wants to rescind his invitation to the house so he doesn't come and kill her and her mom. And so her witch friend Willow and the librarian Giles, like, chant some spells and hang some crosses all over the house. (laughs) And he can't come in again. But on True Blood... People can invite and disinvite vampires at will. So there's a memorable scene where Suki, the main character, has invited both vampires, Bill and Eric, into her house. And they're there. But she gets really mad. And she disinvites both of them. And they just, like, go flying towards the door like they're being sucked out by a vacuum. And I'm like, I really wish that was the thing on The Vampire Diaries. Wow. I do, too. It would be be so entertaining. It's like, Damon, you're pissing me off. You're uninvited. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god, that would be so good. <laughs> I would really love to see Uncle John dragged by his ass out through the front door. Sadly, he's not a vampire, though, so it wouldn't oh, apply. Oh, right. Womp womp. Yeah. I forget who's a vampire. The Beth Kozlowski story. <laughs> Stephanie is a vampire. Stephanie. <laughs> so there's your comparisons to other vampire media of the I day. I dig it. So now... Bonnie, Jeremy, and Damon go over to Dr. Jonas Martin's empty mm. house. Yeah, and Damon walks over the threshold, and he's oh, like, oh, yeah, they're, they must be dead. I can walk in. <laughs> right. So I think Bonnie goes there because she wants to get as many details as she can from all of the grimoires that the Martins have been collecting throughout the years. Yeah, she said that like when Dr. Martin gave her her powers back, he like hinted that one of the grimoires had the spell that she would use against Klaus when she has all the witch power. Right. So she needs to harness the ancient dead um, using one of like some of the details in one of the grimoires. And she's also like, we should get all these grimoires out of here. Like they collected them for so long, and also they probably have a lot of useful information. But Damon's like, well, or we could just set the whole thing on fire. Yeah, and then Jeremy has some sort of snide remark as well. He's like. We're not going to read all of these or something <laughs> stupid. Well, first, Bonnie says, don't be disrespectful. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Because she's shown such respect to the Martin family when they were alive. Right. But yeah, Jeremy's like, are we really going to have to read all these books to find the spell? I am only at an eighth grade reading level, and they're in Latin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Jeremy, you fucking suck. <laughs> you ignorant fool. Ignoramus. But Bonnie's just like, oh, no, I got this. And she just, like, does a witch thing, and suddenly the correct grimoire falls open on the correct page, and she grabs it. How convenient. I would like to see the episode where Bonnie has to read through every grimoire to figure out which is the right one. And Jeremy has to sit there and pretend to read. (laughs) Yeah, that would be hilarious. So while those crazy kids are up to finding the right grimoire, we have this banana scene with Isabel and Catherine so this is weird because I feel like a lot of double crossing happens and I'm like trying to figure out who's friends with who and whatnot yeah but anyway um they arrive at a house which Isabel refers to as the nicest foreclosure in town and she's with her like French assistant still isn't she I think it might be the the gay cowboy that she forced to have sex with ladies. Oh, yeah. You're but right. I don't know what happened to Chéri, but she, call, she calls him Mon Chéri. Oh, okay. Because he's carrying her bags. He's wearing a shirt this time, so I don't know if it was the same person. I would only recognize him by his abs. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she has her manservant like, bring her stuff in, and she's hanging out, and then suddenly Catherine is there. And she starts choking Isabel against the wall. They're choking each other. And this time it really is just a greeting because they both deface Boner. And they're like, hey, girl, hey, nice to see you. Been too long. And they hug. Right. Yeah. It's very weird. Catherine is wearing a leather jacket that has like a peplum at the back, which I thought was not a good look. Oh, I failed to notice that. It was like a really sad, small peplum, more like... A large ruffle. (laughs) I didn't care for it. But Isabel's like, oh, well, here, I have this lovely bottle here. And there's a joke because it's the blood of a vintner. 
So it's almost like they're drinking wine and they have these giant wine glasses full of vintner blood. Oh, ha ha ha. L-O-L. How do you say L-O-L in French? It probably has a lot of <laughs> in it. Ilil. Ooh. I don't know. I made that up. We Zutalur. But they're basically best buddies now and they're gabbing with each other about their plan to backstab Elena. Yes. Okay, right. And Isabel's like, I've been doing all of this work to make a deal with Klaus to save you. So right now we're to believe that Isabel has sold out her own daughter to save Catherine. And their whole vibe in this episode was very flirty. And I'm like, you're related. Stop flirting. Oh, they are related, right? Isn't yeah. Catherine like Isabel's great grandmother or something weird? Great times however many. But yeah, because that's where Elena gets her doppelganger blood. That's very bizarre. Yeah. And at some point, Isabel says that she's back because, well, not, well, that one of the reasons that she's back is because she was jealous that Alaric was dating Auntie Vanilla. Um, rude. Aunt Jenna. I know it was so rude. Isabel is mean. Like she's any whiter than her. I know. You're both pasty. Get over it. <sighs> yeah, so they're toasting to all that, and Catherine's like, well, look, Klaus wants the Moonstone and the Doppelganger. I can get the Moonstone. Can you, you know, keep track of Elena? So Catherine's job is now to find the Moonstone, and I'm like, how many butts are you going to access today? Right. And she pretty much just tells... Uh, Catherine pretty much tells Isabel that she's like, listen, if I stick with Stefan and Damon, I'm just totally dead. Like, they don't have the weapons that they need. I'm totally on your side now. Yeah. So I think we go to the Lockwoods then, and (laughs) there's this whole luncheon thing about to happen, and Carol's all dressed up, but Sheriff Forbes is there in uniform. (laughs) We haven't seen her in a while. Welcome back, Liz. And she is now talking about the fire at the Martins. Because apparently, like, Luca's death left some scorch marks. She's like, we found burns but, and blood, but no bodies. <laughs> and I don't think we ever hear of her investigating this again, so I think she just gave up. Yeah. And Carol's like, do you think it's vampires? And Sheriff Forbes shows some growth here. She's like, I'm beginning to think we should always assume it is. Wow, Sheriff Forbes, it took only took you how many years to get to this <laughs> conclusion? And so Caroline comes in then. She's like, hey, anybody seen Matt? Yeah, she's like, I know he was supposed to be helping with the catering here. And Carol Lockwood is like, oh, no, no, we haven't seen Matt. But have you heard anything about Tyler? It's like a very weird, like... I was like, if you see Matt, can you ask him about my son? (laughs) And Caroline's like, uh, yeah, okay. Totes. So that's awkward. Um, and Caroline is still desperate. Apparently nobody has seen Matt. And I'm like, where is Matt? Because Mystic Falls is tiny. Like, has he just been hiding in the back room at the grill or something? Yeah, he's just been hanging out in the bathroom. Or like in the cemetery, which is empty for once. (laughs) Oh boy. At this point, now Bonnie, Jeremy, and Damon have made their way from the Martin Scorch Department over to the woods where they've happened upon this giant abandoned plantation thing, right? 
Yeah. And I think in the previous scene with them, Damon had revealed to Bonnie that he knows where the witches were burned. Oh, okay. That's right. So that's where they're heading. Or, well, that's where they are. Yeah. And Jeremy's like, why did they burn Emily here, too? <laughs> and Damon's like, I think they thought it was symbolic. And Bonnie asks how Damon knows where Emily died, and he claims that he tried to save her. Footage not found. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's true. I think maybe he just watched and was like, if everybody falls asleep, I'll grab her. He just heard a rumor in 1864, <laughs> and he happened to remember. Yeah. And Bonnie's like, you tried to save her. And he's like, well, yeah, she was the only link to getting Catherine back. Mm. Lest we think that he has a heart. Yeah, it's all about the Catherine and Elena's of the world. So they round a corner and there's this giant house. It's all dilapidated. And like, again, Mystic Falls is tiny and there's this whole estate. Like, where is it that it's within city limits and it's not like next door to the ruins or whatever? And whose house was this? Yeah, there's no way this town would have let this thing get all run down and dilapidated. Like, or if they did, everybody would know it was there. Yeah. Like, the kids would go and smoke weed there. And with all of the fucking historical society bullshit, you think that they would have thrown a plaque on that thing or something? Maybe it's, like, where a black family lived, and they love erasing the black history of their town, so they just wrote it off the map. Yeah, everyone just ignores it. Wouldn't be surprised. Or maybe it's because they know the witches were burned there, and the witches were all black, and... They don't like to talk about that part of history, as Carol Lockwood would say. Uh, right. Like, they're slave dungeons. But anyway, it's this giant-ass house. They go inside, and suddenly Damon, like, can't move. And he's like, Bonnie, really funny. Stop playing witch tricks on me. And Bonnie's like, I'm literally not doing anything. I think that the witches don't like that you're here. <laughs> and they do not, because he's trapped in a sunbeam, and suddenly his ring stops working, so... <laughs> He is uh, starting to get a little uh, red in the face. Yeah, he's like getting all scabby and gross. It's weird. Yeah, he's sizzling. And I don't know how he finally like escapes. Does Bonnie like push him out of the way or something? Well, he's like, Bonnie, a little help. Yeah. And so she like murmurs a spell and right. makes it go dark. <laughs> and so then Damon has to go outside because they're not going to let him hang out there. So then Bonnie's stuck with nobody but stupid Jeremy by her side. Good luck, girl. We know how well that's going to go. Ugh. So while all this is going on over at the old dusty mansion, we hop back over to the Salvatores, where Catherine is just straight rummaging through all of their shit. She's going through their cigar boxes, going through their dresser drawers. She, like, took $5 from somebody. Well, there's Um, a lot of bills, but there was a five on the outside, (laughs) so it was probably, like, $50. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, She shoves it in her bra. Which I appreciated. <laughs> I used to keep things in my bra when I had big boobs. I never did because I'm a sweaty person, and then they mm. would just get all sweaty. Gross. Or my things, not my <laughs> boobs, but those two. Yeah. Yeah, so she's looking for the moonstone, and she's having trouble finding it. She's, like, putting her hand in the fireplace, like, looking everywhere. And after she puts her hand in the fireplace, her hand is like covered in charcoal or soot or whatever. So she goes into the bathroom and reaches into this large bucket of decorative soaps and starts washing her hands. 
and she puts the soap back and then she looks at the bottom of the pile of decorative soaps and she sees the moonstone it was blending right in with the giant thing oh of decorative God. soaps i've been trying so hard all this time not to describe it as looking like a half-used bar of soap because <laughs> i didn't is... want to spoil this scene for you oh my god this scene was perfect and i know that there's a don't drop the soap joke in here somewhere but i don't want to encourage people to make light of prison rape so no. i regret saying it already <laughs> i just always want to draw attention to the fact that the moonstone has been in everybody's butt right from butt to soap urn. Butt to butt to butt to soap dish. <laughs> I mean, it would need to have some soap on it after where it's been. So it's a good hiding place. <laughs> I just am disappointed that the Salvatores are that stupid. I mean, it's a little audacious, like, hiding it in plain sight like that, because it really could blend in. But again, there are much safer places to hide it, such as one's rectum. Right, or like in Elijah's corpse or something. <laughs> oh, God. Elijah's <laughs> dead butt? That's necrophilia. Sorry. Although, is sleeping with a vampire necrophilia? I think so. They're technically dead. I guess if they they can, like, move, it doesn't really count. All right. <laughs> we'll have to ask a lawyer. Maybe I'll have my brother and sister-in-law call in. Although they didn't ever really get a good ruling on whether Alaric and Isabel were still married. Right, good point. Jeez. <laughs> so she now has the moonstone and she's feeling very clever and she makes a smirky face. So that's a big fail on the Salvatore's part, uh, but they tried, sort of. They did their best. <laughs> so the next thing that happens resulted in a gif that I love to watch on a loop, um, but... Before we get there, Alaric's like out of his car and suddenly Isabel's there. She's like, Alaric. In her weird way of speaking where it's just like a strange alien cadence. Yeah, her voice is really, really weird. She talks about like a, she talks like an emotionless being. There's like no inflection. All the words run together. But she's like, I just wanted to apologize for the last time I was here. Blah, 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 blah. I really loved you. I loved you so much. And da, 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 da. And I, I'm not sorry for things before, but sorry for... I don't know what she was talking about. Yeah, it was very weird. Also, and like, if you loved him that much, you wouldn't have faked your own death so that you could go be a vampire. Oh, I did write down her best line here. I am sorry. For, I am sorry for outing you to your girlfriend. That was petty of me. <laughs> It's like you told her about him and Damon. Is that what you mean? (laughs) So all of this is for naught, though. Like, it doesn't matter that Isabel is like, I really loved you because as soon as she's done saying her piece, this guy pops up (laughs) behind Alaric and just gives him a million headaches. But the way it happens is it's like he comes up and he puts his hands like in the air on either side (laughs) of his head and like is giving him the headache and like slowly lowers him to the ground with magic. <laughs> so it's like a dance where like the actors had to like move in sync to like gently get him onto the ground. So basically there's a gif of this moment that I'll share on some of our social media. Oh, I'm so excited. That makes me laugh a lot. I can't wait to see it. Just slowly falling to the ground over and over like a bad <laughs> headache. 
Poor Alaric. The strangest thing, though, about this scene is that clearly this is a witch slash warlock, but he's white. How is that possible? Is he, like, one of those people who had a lot of white people in their bloodline, and so they're, like, white passing? (laughs) That's the only thing I can think of. Oh, my God. It must be. (laughs) So, yeah. He is down. And we go back to another witch. Uh, Bonnie has followed her nose to the basement, which is, like, the biggest concentration of witch power. And... Like, as we saw it happening on the screen, I made a joke, like, Jeremy voice, are you sure you're strong enough for this? And not two seconds later, Jeremy says, are you sure about this? Yeah, Bonnie's like, hand me the grimoire, and he's like, are you sure? Oh my god, She's Jeremy. She's fucking sure. You don't know shit. You're not Shut gonna get up. invited to stuff if you keep acting like this. Oh wait, yes you are, because nobody has any self-respect. <laughs> so... Things, like, really escalate from here. So in the background, we can hear a bunch of witches whispering throughout Mm -hmm. the scene, which is pretty creepy. And Bonnie takes the grimoire, and she kind of starts chanting a spell. Yeah. So she's there to absorb their powers. And uh, the chanting of the witch whispers gets louder so that even Jeremy can hear it. And he's like, what are they saying? She's like, don't worry about it. Yeah, Bonnie's like, oh, nothing, but they're ready. Yeah. So we cut away from that for a bit and go back to the luncheon at the Lockwoods. The Lockwood luncheon. And the next thing I have written is about Uncle John. Does anything happen before that? Yeah, so Elena goes up to, like, accept the scholarship on her mother's behalf. Mm, right. um, and it's a really nice moment because she's like, listen, history was important to my mom or some weird shit like that. She's like, and she thought of all of you as family. And there's, like, 40 people in this room. Like, <laughs> I think that was, like, a little a bit of an exaggeration. Who are they? And if they were such family, why aren't they, like, in her children's lives? I know. But... Elena's speech is cut woefully short because we hear a commotion um, in the other room. Yes. So at at some point while Elena was speaking, Uncle John was like off in some other room, probably waiting for a great moment to make another creepy entrance. Mm -hmm. But Isabel comes up and he's like, Isabel, what are you doing here? And she's like, creating a distraction. And then she face boners and her eyes like turn red. Yeah, she's scary. She just kills him and then shoves him down the stairs (laughs) so everybody has to leave yeah there's like a huge kerfuffle and Stefan runs over there and he's making like a face yeah and somewhere in all the chaos Catherine accosts Elena is like nice dress can I borrow it and so for a minute you think oh Catherine sees that there's danger afoot and she's gonna switch places and protect Elena (laughs) lol but then we remember that she said that she was no longer on stefan and damon's side and wants to work with isabel so it seems like she's going to impersonate elena for her own good yeah as you know nature intended with doppelgangers the dark (laughs) twin or the whatever (laughs) right and we figure out pretty quickly that it's so isabel can kind of kidnap elena right yeah but first there's still like a bunch of people looking at a dead body that Carol doesn't want to happen because already one person died in her house this year. 
Oh my god. So yes. She was like, please let the sheriff do her job. What is the sheriff's job? In- investigate this fresh murder, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only sheriff, but also the only paramedic in town. Yeah, there apparently. are no EMTs. They've all been killed by animals, I'm sure. So they kind of shuffle everybody off like, oh, just a freak accident. Don't worry. He just had a bad fall. Carol is literally pushing people out the door. She's like, bye-bye. Okay, thanks for coming. And so as soon as it's only uh, Damon, Carol, and the sheriff, Carol's like, oh, he's dead. And Damon sees that he's wearing the ring, and he's like, so let me tell you a story about the Gilberts. (laughs) Oh, right. He's going to wake up in a few hours and be just fine because of this ring. Don't worry about it. Don't ask too many questions about why I know this and haven't told you. Yeah, and Carol and Sheriff Forbes look a little confused, but they believe Damon. Yeah, because they're both in love with him, basically. Yeah. And so outside, Elena, who we know as Catherine, is with Stefan, and they're like frantically talking about something or other i don't remember yeah it's weird she like calls damon to tell him she pretends to be calling damon to tell him about what happened i think oh but damon's there i know i don't know that's why it's weird but i could be thinking of a different it was just for Catherine to do an elena impression while we kind of cut away and see that elena is unconscious in the back of a car that isabel is driving and so Stefan cottons on pretty quick that it's Catherine and he shoves her up against the car in full view of anybody who wants to watch this like domestic abuse situation. <laughs> He's like, what did you do? Where's Elena? Blah, 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 blah. And, and Catherine is not having it. She just pulls out a shot of a rain, sticks Stefan in the stomach and then literally throws him in the bushes. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. It was. I would like to do that to Stefan much of the time. I would, too. I need to start carrying around vervain darts everywhere with me. (laughs) Yes, just in case. I'll be ready for this moment when it comes. (laughs) So another really satisfying moment comes next when we go back to the witch house, and Bonnie's spell is starting to kind of overwhelm her, and she starts screaming in pain. And Jeremy, of course, is hovering like, you're scaring me, Bonnie. Ah," And he's trying to touch her, but, like, the witch powers just throw him across the room. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yes, witches, I agree. Get him out of here. (laughs) Uh, that was great. Yeah. Monty cre- keeps screaming a lot, but finally it stops, and she's like, I did it. It's done. Oh, she has harnessed the witch's powers. She sure has. Now she's got all the power. And then I think we finally see Matt's lovely face for the first time this episode. Oh, yeah. So Sheriff Forbes is outside of the Lockwood mansion I don't know, pretending to be busy. And Matt comes up to her and he's like, Sheriff Forbes, I need to see Vicky's file. I need to see Vicky Donovan's file. And she's like, all right, Matt, are you okay? And he's like, I need to see how you covered this up. And Sheriff Forbes just puts him in like a chokehold real quick. Like she just slams him up against the car like pretty much right away. Well, he's like aggressively yelling at her from the jump. And he's yeah. like, I need to know how you covered up that she was killed by vampires. Right. And Sheriff Forbes cannot have these type of rumors flying around on her watch. Yeah. Only the plebes who aren't in the founding families can be kept in the dark. Yes. Uh, so yeah she's like okay chill out for a second let's talk Matt's just tweaking hard 
<laughs> I think we cut to the Salvatores where Damon is firefighter carrying Uncle John's corpse to like chill out on the hearthside rug <laughs> until he wakes back up. Yeah, it just like drops him like a sack of potatoes. It's really good. Um, and then Damon goes into the bathroom and we get a very nice scene of him taking his shirt off slowly and showing off his abs. Yeah, he takes off his shirt for literally no reason. Like he was just yeah. going to wash his hands. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take the shirtless Damon when I can get it. The Beth Kozlowski yeah. story. <laughs> but this is also that, uh, you know, he's in the vicinity of the soap dish. <laughs> right. Oh, of course. So he notices that the moonstone is gone. And I think at this point, Stefan calls him and is like, fuck, Catherine and Isabel sold us out. Uh, and they have Elena. And they're like, oh my god, now Klaus is going to have the doppelganger and the moonstone. Also, our girlfriend is going to die. Yikes. <laughs> what a horrible turn of events. Yeah. But then, backstabbings on backstabbings, Isabel is in the car and she's talking to Catherine. And she's like, so you wanted the moonstone, but he, he being Klaus, wanted you. Sorry, Catherine. And Manwich comes in and gives Catherine some migraines. Wow. This just really shocked me because I thought they were all BFFs and I wasn't predicting that Catherine would get double-crossed by her great-great-great-granddaughter. Yeah, it's messed up. It must be a lot of greats, because Catherine gave birth in, like, 1490. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, like, great to the nth power. It ain't right. <laughs> so, yeah, Isabel has sold out Catherine, and we don't know exactly what's going on with her, but she seems to be working for Klaus rather than scheming to help Catherine because of their family bond or whatever. Wow. I did not see this coming. That's messed up. So then we go back to Caroline, who's, like, outside of Matt's house and leaving him a voicemail. Like, will you please talk to me? I will explain everything. And then she looks inside, and he's sitting inside the house. Yeah, it was super weird. So she, like, walks in, and she's like, Matt, you're here. Like, thank God I've, I've really been wanting to talk to you. And he's like, listen, I'm only here because your mom threatened to arrest me when I accused her of hiding Vicky's murder uh, by vampire, and she brought me here to calm down. But now that you're here, I really need you to tell me like more about what happened with Vicky. So Caroline, I feel so bad for her because she just wants to like talk to Matt as a girlfriend or a friend or whatever, and he's just not having it still. Yeah, but she's like, I'll tell you anything you want to know. Because she really just wants him to be okay with her being a vampire so that she can be with him and not have to lie to him. Yeah. Which is a very nice instinct, and he's just being a little shit about it. As always. Yeah. So then we go back to Bonnie and Jeremy, and Jeremy's like, so how much power do you have now? Like, what can you do with all that witch power? And Bonnie's like, I can basically do the same scene as when I was channeling Luca the one time. <laughs> Except now it kind of turns black and white, sort of. Right, I take all the color from the world. Yeah, so she causes some wind and the leaves blow around. What season is it? The leaves are on the ground. Um, and then there's like some thunderbolts and Jeremy's very impressed because he's a doofus. 
Yeah. And it doesn't take much. And Bonnie's just like a lot of powers. <laughs> yeah. Then we get a brief check-in with Stefan and Damon who have gone to the nicest foreclosed house in the neighborhood. Um, they keep bringing this up and it's like yeah. a Catherine trick that I think Damon mentioned last season. Okay, right. Because that was how they found Isabel the first time. Yeah, and they like walk into the house and they see Isabel's bags, but they don't see Isabel or Catherine, so they decide to keep moving. And we head over to the Grove Hill Cemetery where Isabel has arrived with Catherine in the or nope, Isabel has arrived with Elena in mm-hmm. the backseat of her car. And this is where shit really goes off the rails. Oh, yeah. So Isabel walks Elena over to a grave and she wipes some leaves off of it. And she's like, listen, my parents, your grandparents, when they couldn't find my body after I faked my own death, they set up this grave here for me. They come and leave flowers every week, even though they never found my body. Ha 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 ha. It's like, what the fuck, you evil bee? It was horrible. And also, weirdly, they talk about the fact that Elena has these grandparents. We never see them or hear about them again. Yeah. (laughs) The writers just wanted to keep their uh, storylines open. Yeah. So this is Isabel's grave, and she starts talking about, like, I think, you know, a part of me died when I became a vampire. Maybe that's what's buried here. It's the human part of me. The, the Isabel who waited and hoped for the day that she would meet her daughter. And Delina's like, shit, what's happening? She's be saying nice things. I don't trust it. <laughs> and she basically goes on about how like she only got to meet the horrible version of her. And she's so sorry. She was such a disappointment. And she straight off yanks off her gaudy ass necklace and self-immolates in the sun and burns to a crisp. And it happens really fast. Like, the amount of time that Damon was in the sunbeam earlier was longer than this. Yeah, like, she's and in the sunbeam. he sun just, like, for- had some rosacea for a second. And Isabel literally catches on fire within three seconds. And she, like, flings her arms out, like, Christ symbolism or something. <laughs> and this whole time, Elena's, like, standing there just watching and occasionally making, like, different variations of a surprise face but not attempting to do anything. Yeah. We, I took a video of it. We'll put it on Instagram because it made me laugh. Oh, my God. It was so funny and weird. I'm like, I think Nina Dobrev is a great actress, but this was not her best work. No, not, not at all. Um, did we mention that right before Isabel offs herself, uh, she oh, gets yeah, a sorry, quick phone call um, from, like, her assistant guy? It's the man witch. Oh, from the man witch. <laughs> right. And he's like, listen... Um, your part is done here. And what what is why is her part done? Because well, he says, Catherine's captured. I have Catherine in the moonstone. Do okay. you have the doppelganger? And she's like, Yeah. He's like, let her go for now. Your part is done. So for some reason Klaus doesn't need to like have Elena at this moment. And Isabel's really excited, like, I'm done. And much like when she compelled that guy to like throw himself in front of a car when she was being all dramatic in her namesake episode. Oh, yeah. Or the one leading up to it. She then has to kill herself. So horrible. Yeah, it sucks. But she also sucked, so... Nice for Elena to have to watch her birth mother burst into flames and die right in front of her face. 
But at least she said some nice things first. I guess. Poor Elena. She needs therapy. She sure does. Also needing therapy probably is Caroline. (laughs) Nice segue. She has just finished telling Matt everything, and she mentions how, like, she had drank from him in the forest and compelled him to forget, and that's why she broke up with him, because she couldn't trust herself around him, and she's like, so, you know, that's everything, please say something, like, I really love you, and that's why I've done all this stuff, and he's just like, I have no one, I'm alone, my mom is useless, my friends are all liars. My sister is dead. I don't want to look at you and see this. And he starts yelling very mad, like, and keeps telling her to make him forget, like she did before. She's like, I don't really want to do that. Oh, it was like, so I don't want to know this. I don't want to look at you. Yeah, he's like, I, I suck. Uh, he's like, I don't want to see what I have to see when I look at you. And it's so sad because Caroline is so good. She's trying so hard. Uh, and he does not deserve it no so she's like fine fine I'll compel you and she's very sad but she's going to respect his wishes so I think we go to the Salvatores then I think we do so they're like sitting in the house with Elena yeah and she's like fondling her mom's gaudy ass necklace which is all that's left of her oh my God, that's so harsh but very true and I mean she seems like pretty much fine I guess our girl has seen some shit so yeah this is nothing lightly perturbed yeah but Damon and Stefan have come up with a new plan to keep Elena safe now that you know everybody knows that she's the doppelganger and blah 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 and they decide that they want to give her the deed to the Salvatore boarding house and the really weird thing here, which is, like, I don't know that much about real estate, but this raised my eyebrow. They're like, the deed is in Uncle Zach's name. Like, how long has Uncle Zach been dead? Shouldn't the deed have been, like, put in somebody else's name between then and now? Like, wouldn't the law make that happen? It's been anywhere between five days and three years. We don't know. Yeah. So they've changed the deed to be in Elena's name so that once she signs it, any vampires who had been in there would now need a new invitation because the property has changed hands. So she'll be able to be the only person who can decide who comes in. So it seems like an okay idea, but it also requires Elena to sit in this fucking creepy old house for the rest of her life. Never go to school again. Dana's <sighs> like, I'm going to be annoyed if you don't invite me in. Ha ha ha. LOL. I thought that was kind of funny, even though it was lame. Yeah. We don't get to see that yet. She's, like, on the point of signing it. And then we have to go and look at fucking Jeremy, who is trying really hard to read the grimoires. And he's, he's literally somehow, pretending. I don't know if he just, like, memorized, like, what the chant was or if he found it in a grim. Like, it's very not explained how he has tracked down and translated this chant that Bonnie told him repeatedly not to worry about in a way that made it super obvious that he should worry about it. But he basically has, like, a Latin dictionary on one <laughs> side and a grimoire on the other. And he's like, just a warning? Because that's what Bonnie had said it was. Like, a warning that it's, with great power comes to great responsibility or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. But he says, if you use all of the power, you'll die. Too much of your powers will be used to kill an original. Yeah, he asks how much it will take to kill Klaus. And she's like, uh, all of it. And then Bonnie goes on some weird fucking rant about how she was born to kill Klaus. Yeah, and like, like this is why she's she has here. Her yeah. 
That's really fucked up. It also reminds me of uh, Sleepy Hollow, which was also, I think, had some of the same writers as this show, possibly. Okay. Or maybe it just always reminded me of it, but I hope you don't mind me spoiling it. But the main actress on the show wanted to leave because they treated her character like crap in the second season. So to write her out, they decided, like, the whole premise is that she and Ichabod Crane are the two witnesses, like... Mm -hmm dictated by the bible to bring down the forces of evil so they're like of course destined for all this shit and they're a team but to write her off they have her like die and then in a like heavenly sort of weird state where she can visit with him explain you know i have an eternal soul so actually i'm just one in a chain of women who were born to help you on your quest ichabod but excuse me yeah and it, I didn't watch the last season because I was so outraged, but I think it suggested that, like, the duty of her eternal soul is then passed on to her surviving sister. But it reminds me of that, especially because they're both black women who are now saying, like, their purpose in life was they were born to, like, help with things doing with white men. Wow. I'm like, that... no, I'm going to pass. So I was outraged at that season finale of Sleepy Hollow, and I never watched it again, even though Ichabod Crane is very handsome. Good good decision. I'm proud of you. And now I think it's canceled. Yeah. I remember Mike was watching that show for a little bit, and I tried to watch one episode, and I was like, fuck, no. It was very good for a while. For a short <laughs> while. It was kind of like the OC. It burned bright and fast. Gotcha. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Uh, Bonnie is spouting some shit. She's basically the new Elena. She wants to sacrifice herself to save everybody. But she, like, she and Elena both have some solid reasoning behind it. That So, like, I can't be a Jeremy about it and be like, what's wrong with you? Because, like, Bonnie has this witch power, so technically she's the only person who can do it. Like, they don't know any other witches they can trust. Like, right. she already has the power. And she's like, I don't want to just do it for Elena. I want to protect everybody because Klaus is crazy and he'll kill us all. So if I can do this, I'm going to do it. I'm like, maybe look for an alternative. But also, yeah. And when Elena was saying, if I give myself up to class, all of you will be safe. I kind of got that. Like, yeah, I don't want them to do it. But it's not like it's just coming out of nowhere as them just being like, well, I'm done. Yeah, it's it's noble to protect your friends. Yes. And also, like, too many martyrs makes the baby go blind yeah it's very true it's like oh now you're gonna <laughs> sacrifice yourself and you're gonna sacrifice yourself jeremy will never sacrifice himself no he'll just complain to everyone else while they're trying to do it yeah so we kind of leave that where it is jeremy's pissed yeah and then yeah. we get a horrible twist This, okay, I know it's a twist, but I don't understand what the fuck happened. Okay, Okay, so Sheriff Forbes is sitting in her sheriff car Mm -hmm. outside of her house, and Matt finishes his conversation with Caroline, where she thinks that she has erased his memory and compelled him to forget what had happened. Um, But Matt goes out to the car, and he's like, I, I did it. I did everything you said. Um, I told her to make me forget. I drank that vervain stuff. Yeah. So I'm like struggling to remember. Does Sheriff Forbes know that Caroline is a vampire? Well, she knew at one point, but then Caroline compelled her for her safety or whatever. Right. 
what happened here is that Matt claimed that he didn't tell Sheriff Forbes that she was a vampire, but actually the previous night when she had like tackled him onto the car, he told her everything about Caroline. And so she devised this plan that she would give him vervain and send him in and make her tell him everything. And she did. So Matt is now reporting back to her and he's like, I feel like she died. And Sheriff Forbes says she did. And they're crying and it's actually really sad, but I'm like, you're just vampire racist. She's right there. I know. Oh my God. That's really sad. Did we see, um, Matt confess or is that just kind of like implied? What? Or that Matt like reports Caroline to Sheriff Forbes like in the previous scene? No, it was left as sort of a cliffhanger. Oh, okay. Like they duped us into thinking that he was now compelled but actually he had Vervain so she couldn't compel him but she thinks that she has. <sighs> wow. Poor Caroline, man. This girl can't catch a break and also fuck Matt. It's like, what are they going to do next? Shoot her in the head? She's been there, done that. Yeah. So we don't know what their plan is, but right now they're just mourning Caroline because they both loved her and don't think that they can anymore because they're vampire racists. And, like, don't recognize what's in front of them, that she's literally exactly the same except more awesome. Yeah. More (laughs) confident. Has good eyeliner. Yeah. So that's a bummer. I did not enjoy it. It made me sad. Speaking of bummers, <laughs> then we go over to Elena's house where Uncle John is, or maybe they're at the Salvatore Manor. I don't know where the hell they are, but Uncle John is sitting on a couch and he's awoken from his death slumber mm-hmm. and Elena has come to talk to him. So Ugh. Uncle John has this whole sob story about how he's really sorry for everything that he's put Elena through. And she's like, listen, like, how could you like have believed Isabel? And she calls the cops on him. <laughs> right. And, and he's, like, <laughs> he's like, listen, I trusted Isabel because I was there when she gave birth to you. And I saw how much pain it caused her to give you up. And I believe that she would do anything to keep you safe. That being she said, was the first girl I ever loved. Oh, yeah. I didn't write that down because it grossed me out so much. Yeah. So this was a whole bunch of bullshit. Uncle John is like, I believe that Isabel was going to keep you safe, but obviously that didn't happen because she just burned herself alive in <clears throat> front of Elena. Um, so Uncle John pretty much says that he'll do whatever Elena wants him to do, whether that is to stay, to leave, like whatnot. And... I was really hopeful for a second because Elena's like, you screw up everything, John. And he makes a sad face and she's like, but you're the only parent I have left. So maybe I'm going to learn not to hate you. She's already written Aunt Jenna off. Yeah, right. (laughs) She's just going to be writing her thesis forever. She'll just live in that grad student housing that you could just move in and out of with a day's notice. Yeah. So she totally passes up the chance to banish Uncle John Gilbert forever. I feel like that was a mistake. (laughs) And he's like, oh my god, I have another chance for some reason. Yeah, she says maybe she can learn not to hate him, which is a mild burn for her. Uh, (laughs) And then I think we go upstairs to Stefan and Damon who are kind of talking about how fucked up everything got. But then Stefan is like, wait a second. Catherine doesn't know that Bonnie has her powers back. And so Klaus doesn't know. She's literally our secret weapon. Oh. 
So now they just have this like wild card in their pocket that they can deploy. I wonder how that's going to turn out. Hmm. And then we have the last scene, which I know you found confusing. So, there were so many. Confusing I've been waiting for this for a long time. Okay, so I'll I'll start us off and I'll <laughs> pass it over to you. So Catherine has like passed out and she wakes up in a mysterious room full of uh, IKEA bookshelves mm-hmm. and she is hearing someone like do a spell and she's like kind of looking around that's as far as <laughs> yeah. so we're having these mysterious like pans around the room and we see like feet by a chair jars of blood with like tubing coming out of them like somebody's getting a blood transfusion <laughs> oh. and we keep panning around this like man who's sitting in a chair and the man which has his hands on either side of his head and is doing a spell it's eventually revealed to be Alaric and he's in some kind of trance and then the spell finishes Alaric opens his eyes man which starts like bowing to him as though he's <laughs> the king of fucking England of which there is not one <laughs> um, <laughs> And Catherine's like, Alaric, what's going on? And he, like, starts stalking towards her with this creepy look on his face. And he's like, Katharina, I have missed you. Oh, what's happening? She looks into his eyes and says, Klaus? So Alaric has been Klaus all along. Is I'm that just what kidding. you believe? No. <laughs> I feel like there was some weird body transfusion bullshit happening. Yes, something happened with somebody's blood... They, like, showed Alaric ripping an IV out of his arm, so Uh something has happened there, and he's now talking with an Elijah voice. Spoiler alert, that doesn't stick around. Oh. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, now he's Alar Klaus. (laughs) Oh, my God. Best celebrity mashup name. Yeah, so somehow Klaus is occupying Alaric's body now, so we have officially met Klaus. Wow. Is Klaus like Voldemort where he needs like a host? <laughs> Maybe he was living in the back of Alaric's head under his fluffy hair this whole time. Uh, what a way to end the episode. Yeah. Katarina. So, yet another action-packed episode full of twists and turns. Like, we're not getting any breaks anymore. No, I can barely keep up with what's happening in these episodes. I can't write fast enough, and when I even when I am writing, I'm like not getting half of it, so I have to pass it over to you to explain to our fellow listeners. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a lot, and even though I've seen it a bunch of times, sometimes I still get lost. But there's so much good shit coming up. Oh my god, I can't wait. I'm very worried about Alaric. Mm. I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, oh my god. Alaric! What's gonna happen to Alaric? And now I know what's gonna happen to Alaric, so I don't have to feel suspense, but I feel like I'm vicariously feeling it. Yeah, I'm, like, very worried about him because he's, like, more or less a good dude. You know, he's made some mistakes with Aunt Jenna, that's for damn sure, but he, in general, has everybody's best interests in mind, and... Out of all the men in Mystic Falls, he's probably the least egregious. Right. And I'm super worried because... Klaus in Alaric's body has a lot better chance of luring Elena into a false sense of security. Like, mm. if Klaus in Alaric's body shows up at the manor, you bet your ass Damon or Elena or somebody is going to invite him in. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Wow. <laughs> and I like how Alaric just disappeared for like half the episode and I did not notice and neither did anybody else. 
I mean, I wish that we could see how all of this happened. Hopefully, they'll give us, like, a little flashback next episode or something. Yeah. Well, we saw Man Witch, like, make him collapse in the street, so presumably oh, he kidnapped I, him at that point. Yeah, I forgot about that shit. It was just too hilarious. You couldn't think about it having consequences. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that is Know Thy Enemy. So who is thy enemy at the end of this episode? So my enemy is the person that I want to punch. Oh, who you want to punch? That would be Isabel. Yeah. Yeah. That lady, she's got problems. Yeah. She crossed Catherine. Okay, I mean, like, I agree with that, but that was, like, the only person that she had on her side. Mm -hmm. She burnt herself alive in front of her daughter. She made fun of her parents for coming to her grave (laughs) when they couldn't find her body after she faked her own death. She threw Alaric under the bus in front of Aunt (laughs) Jenna um, just for petty jealousy reasons. And he also called Aunt Jenna Aunt Vanilla, which I thought was a little rude. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Aside from the stuff with Alaric and Aunt Jenna, she was compelled to do all of the rest of that by Klaus. Oh, man, you're right. So it's entirely possible that she did want to protect Elena. I don't know at what point Klaus compelled her. Oh, man, because Uncle John was surprised that she attacked him right and he said that he didn't think she was gonna do all that and he also mentioned that like even though they were both horrible selfish vampires that she and Catherine were legitimately friends so she was compelled to betray her daughter and her friend and to kill herself like i don't think any of that was her choice oh man i missed the boat on this episode but she was just like she did everything in the most assholeish way possible which did not make me feel that sorry for her no but i I mean i do feel sad for her because that sucks I'm wondering if I should take back my punch. No, I think she still deserves a punch just for the like beating, being mean to Aunt Jenna stuff. All right, I'll keep. Because that was all her. <laughs> that was. Okay. And also because she kept on overpronouncing French words and keeping a manservant. Yeah, there's nothing. Which normally I approve of, but she forced him to words. do heterosexual things against his will, and that's unforgivable. <laughs> that shit ain't right. Uh, who do you want to punch, Claire? Um, who do I want to punch? It's a, t- it's a tough one to call between Jeremy and Uncle John Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are always good choices. There are usual suspects. But I think I'm going to actually go out of left field here and say Sheriff Forbes. Oh, nice. Because she was bad at her job, even more so than usual, through this whole episode. And she also, like, conspired against her daughter with her daughter's boyfriend without, like, trying to investigate any of it herself. Or, like, thinking about the fact that Caroline has seemed like herself all this time and hasn't tried to kill anybody. And she just jumped to conclusions. And it was in a different way than last time she found out Caroline was a vampire. Because last time she had just seen Caroline murder people in front of her. Yeah. So it was okay for her to be scared. But Caroline's just been living there, being herself. She has no evidence that she's done anything wrong. Except that there might have been a vampire-related death, but that she should know by now that there are many vampires out there, and right. she just assumes immediately that Caroline was involved somehow, and that she needs to spy on her through her boyfriend. I think that is a really good pick, Sheriff Forbes. 
We're disappointed in you. Yeah. You're it's a like, bad mom. Carol Lockwood was probably worse in some ways with how she handled the death of Uncle John Gilbert, but that's what we expect from her. It is. There's She's just a shitty person. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, it's nice to punch a lady for a change in this world of wire men. True. Why are men? You know, I feel like we have a lot of the usual... Um, visual suspects popping up you know the first thing that comes to mind is jeremy still uh, doubting bonnie's powers even yeah. after she took down like this whole powerful witch house with a crazy spell and and went through like a ton of pain to be able to harness the powers mm-hmm. and you still have some mediocre dick wad like jeremy doubting her at every turn which yeah. is just so frustrating mm-hmm. um you know, we have Uncle John inserting himself still as Elena's father figure, despite the fact that she wants nothing to do with him, and he still feels like he has some right to be around and fuck with everyone in her life and try and protect her. And it's not his fault that he was duped by Isabel, because how was he to know that a lady could be evil? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, because once she popped a baby out of her badge, she must have a heart. <laughs> of course. He knows how vampires work. His first love. Yeah. And then Matt was showing new facets of his madness this week. He was just yelling at both Caroline and Sheriff Forbes in this super aggressive way because he was confused. Yeah. Right. It's Take a pill. Literally. Matt is just a huge disappointment. And I feel like the show is trying to make him seem sympathetic in all of this, but I could care less about him. The weird thing is that I remember when I watched this in the beginning, I was really invested in Matt and Caroline's relationship. I wanted them to be together. Mm. And I think I've said this before, but it was always kind of a back burner plot, so I didn't put that much thought into it. I just went where the show was leading me. Uh And now that I'm, like, actually paying attention, I'm like, shit, this sucks. Right. It really does. I mean, he's no Jeremy Gilbert, but he's no Alaric either. <laughs> That's the scale. How would you rate him on a scale of Jeremy to Alaric? Say he's somewhere between Tyler and Alaric. <laughs> Weirdly, Tyler is not the worst of the two, despite the things he's done. Yeah, despite his attempted rape. <sighs> and letting his friends shoot Caroline in the head a lot. Oh, God. So, yeah, men, they suck. I don't enjoy them. Uh, except when they're gratuitously shirtless and not talking. Like a demon in the soap scene. Yep. <laughs> you made it sound sexier than it was. I, I just love that they have a, a giant vat of decorative soaps. Yeah. Like, it was so many soaps. It was, it was like a deep bowl. <laughs> it wasn't like a shallow basin. No. They are probably like... Eight to ten soaps in that bowl. (laughs) At least. Alright, I'm sick of men. Are you sick of men? I'm sick of them. Let's move on. Who should have done it? Uh, I don't... I've been thinking about that through this whole episode, and I don't want anyone to do it. Mm -hmm. Everyone is horrible. None of them deserve happiness except for Caroline, and there's nobody in the show that is good enough for her. Yeah. Do you have any... It was such slim pickings that the only thing I can think of is incestuous doing it between Catherine and Isabel. Right. And they set up that vibe for damn sure. Yeah. And I don't actually want it to happen, but they had the most, like, sexual tension in this episode. (laughs) They did. Um, Like, even Elena and her boyfriend didn't have this much chemistry. That's a good pick as any. 
yeah, I mean, I don't endorse it, but for want of anything else, maybe like the man witch and an actual man witch, like <laughs> Sloppy Joe's. <laughs> It would be like an American Pie type thing, except with more second-degree burns. <laughs> oh, my God. Good choice. Yeah, you got to come up with something. Oh, my God. All right. I pick this, the basket of soaps and Damon just putting his dick in it because they're smooth. <laughs> That's my choice. That's like a good lather. I guess, you know, if you don't have lube, it'll do in a pinch. I guess. But they're just like classy soaps. It's just so weird. His dick would smell really nice afterwards. Or it would maybe it would be like a terrible combination of too many different scents. <laughs> oh. And it would give you a headache to be by his groin. Yeah. Like, like when you're at Bath and Body Works. There's definitely like a rose scented soap, like an ocean scented soap. There were just too many different flavor combinations. Mm-hmm. And the moonstone, who knows what that thing smells like after being up everybody's butts for the past three years yeah we don't know if they've been doing anal douches we we don't (laughs) (laughs) on that note good episode i enjoyed it lots of shit went down uh i'm very very excited to like finish out this season how many episodes do we have left i'm not sure exactly but somewhere between like five and seven okay right yeah this is episode 17 so we know that there's at least 22 or 21 i think yeah, last season had 22, so I think at least that many. Cool. We could look it up, but Bing hasn't sponsored us yet. So. Yeah, we're not giving free advertising to any more search <laughs> engines on this show until we get sponsored. Oh, we missed the product placement where Caroline <laughs> yeah. was in her car and <laughs> and she showed off her amazing like voice control console in her car. It was Call Matt or... Call Damon or something. Yeah, it was call Matt. (laughs) And then it shows this screen that looks like MS DOS or something. (laughs) Oh, that was so, so good. I so want that car. The future is here, people. It's like a Ford Fiesta 2011. Call Matt. (laughs) (laughs) So if you would prefer to not call Matt, but would like to get in touch with somebody... You can mystic follow us on Twitter at the VD Diaries. We, you know, tweet some fun thoughts from time to time, some polls. I'm going to put the gif of a lark getting manwitched. It's good stuff. We would love you to tweet at us if you have any questions or comments. You can also find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. So according to SoundCloud, we have a bunch of listeners recently in Ghana. So what's up, guys? Hey, Ghana. What's up, girl? Uh, yes. Other social media, Facebook at the Vampire Diaries Diaries. Our Instagram handle, in case you don't already follow us, is the underscore VD underscore diaries underscore podcast. And as always, we love to hear from you. We still haven't had anybody take us up on being our first review of 2018. We've had a rating, but they didn't say anything. So come on. So you got to get on that because the prize is priceless. Maybe we need to put a deadline on the prize. Nah. Okay. Sorry, I'm trying to entice our fellow listeners. Uh, We just need to be thirstier because we haven't been thirsty enough already. True. So, 
Everybody, if you happen to find a man, which I hope that it's a sloppy Joe and not somebody who's going to give you a migraine. Me too. Constant vigilance. <laughs> Mozzarella.